Well, there you go. Good morning. Hey, we have no commercials. This is commercial-free radio. We're having some technical difficulties here in the WTKN studios. So I did start. I've got a Reese Boyd opener here that I've taken care of. But other than that, the other computer is dead. You guys have a great day. Here's Reese. Background checks and polygraphed and had a top-secret FBI uh, clearance. <laughs> None of that matter. Gotta stop I had that to go guy through the first. same process. But if you're an illegal immigrant in the country, we have no idea. There you go. Time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a fly-by-wire edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. It is 7.06 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, April 10, and we are doing it manually this morning here at Saturday Morning Coffee, folks. Thanks for joining us. It is time for yet another Expedition into Broadcast Excellence. I am Reese Boyd, your host, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. And uh, somehow we'll figure out how to do this uh, the old-fashioned way this morning here on Saturday Morning Coffee. As Glenn said, we're having some technical difficulties with uh, the backup systems. Uh, yeah, not, the, through no fault well, of my own now. Through no fault. Oh, no, no. oh, certainly not. Did I not just mean walked into this. You walked into this. Yeah. <laughs> and so we'll do it the uh, old-fashioned way. We're uh, I, don't, I don't have my physical sound effects, Glenn, so I'm not sure what we're going to do, but we'll figure it out, folks. It's a special edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. Uh, literally, uh, literally doing it manually, but that's okay. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down and pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, what is happening in our world, all the craziness going on around us, and all the things that we think you need to know here at Saturday Morning Coffee. As you guys know, we are all about limited government and lower taxes because that means more freedom for you and me, all of us who are we the people. Folks, I hope you will appreciate that we don't just say this. It is true. We have got a country to save, and it starts right here in, uh, in this studio. It starts right on the local level with me and you and your neighbor sitting around uh, your kitchen table talking about all the things happening in the world that you need to be aware of. So don't be shy. Let your voices be heard. Um, joined here in the studio, as always, by producer extraordinaire Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, aside from trying to keep this raggedy old train rolling, what are you What are you drinking this morning? Oh, um, I uh, it's just Costco today, baby. Costco. A little Costco Colombian. A little Costco Colombian. That's <laughs> fine. All things considered, that's uh, not a bad way to go. I'm... Uh, Back to the Bones this morning, Bones Coffee. By the way, we have got a little prize package uh, to give away. Not much, but we've got a we've got a, a coffee mug along with. I want to give a little shout out to our friends at Brown Fox Coffee down in Merle's Inlet. Brown Fox. If you've ever not tried the salted caramel mocha latte at Brown Fox, and that's right down in the inlet on the Marsh Walk. If you have not tried the salted caramel mocha latte, I believe that's what they call it, 
you have not lived, folks. So get down to uh, Brown Fox Coffee and live. It is worth the walk or the drive or whatever you have to do to get there. Uh, but we've got a gift certificate for $10 for Brown Fox. And um, uh, we'll, we're going to figure out some way here on the program today to give it away. Maybe I'll give it, maybe I'll give it away to the most interesting commentary that comes in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. The most thoughtful and erudite commentary that comes in today on the PCRXcomputers.com text line, in the absolute discretion of your host, of course, uh, is uh, it'll receive a uh, gift certificate from Brown Fox Coffee, good for $10, and a Saturday morning coffee coffee mug that you can take with you to enjoy that, lo- that salted caramel mocha latte in. So uh, keep that in mind and join us with your comments here on the show because uh, big money is up for grabs. <laughs> so it change is uh, it's a change your life. It's a, yeah, it's a life changing sort of day. I do invite you guys to join the show, whether you're gunning for free coffee or not. We uh, invite you, as always, to join the discussion because this is your show. It's your station. Uh, broke as it may be at the moment. It's, uh, it's all of us in here together trying to figure out what to do with this broken country. Uh, call-in line number is, of course, 843-903-2945. Join us on the text line, the PCRXcomputers.com. We, I believe we maybe could use a little PCRXcomputers.com help this morning, Glenn. <laughs> but, um, I don't know how they are at programming. Call the hotline. Uh, yeah. Get the hotline. Uh, pro- send, send, can you, like, send yeah. out a bat signal or something? I know, I know PCRX computers can handle anything. Yeah. So I shouldn't have said they're programming because they're, you know, they program. They program. But they can handle anything. But you guys can join us. Those lines are still working. The call-in line, again, yep. is 843-903-2945. And the text line, the PCRXcomputers.com text line, of course, is 843-798-TALK. That is 843-798-8255. You can tweet me your comments. I'm embarrassed to tell you I still have a Twitter account. I just can't bring myself <laughs> to kill it. But you can text me, excuse me, tweet me your comments to at Reese Boyd. You can also email your comments to the show. The email address for the show is Reese Boyd, SMC, as in Saturday morning coffee, Reese Boyd, SMC at gmail.com. Many of you also like to call me at the office of uh, the office, the real office, the day job office. That is uh, Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. And you can usually find me there Mondays through Friday, uh, you know, eight to five-ish, that sort of thing. That number is 843-839-9800. Invite you to uh, chime in there um, whenever you have time. Want to catch up? Love to hear from you guys. Always fun to uh, to, to hear from our audience members. Already have some folks checking in this morning on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Art Ruffalicious, good morning. Uh, we'll be at Market Common today. Art, hope, it, hope the rain holds off for Art in the park. I noticed we were getting a little bit of rain this morning, Mr. Producer. It was yeah, it's just going to be hit and miss today. Hit or miss. Yeah. So hopefully that'll hold out. Andy uh, checking in. Andy Thompson checking in. And uh, – it is true, Andy. The system has gone Cro-Magnon on us. We are uh, we are doing it with sticks and stones here this morning. It's it's I'm, Neanderthal. I'm kind of just thinking it's like a telethon. You know, they don't yeah. really go to commercials during there's a telethon. A you might see Jerry. Well, not there, anymore. But there's going to be no commercial break yeah. until we hit the hundred thousand dollar mark. There, you guys yeah. phone in your contributions <laughs> to Saturday morning coffee. By the way, what's worse, Cro-Magnon or Neanderthal? Mm, Neanderthal. Some, somebody help us out. If you had to be one or the other, what is more uh, benign? Um, mm. 
Tim, the car detail guy, checking in. Good morning. He's probably already shining cars this morning. Yeah, he's probably That's a hardworking hard work. guy right there. Liz, Liz, the Liz, the queen is checking in this morning. Goodness gracious! Well, good morning, Liz. Wow, she said, uh, "Looking forward to." Do you see this? Looking forward to sharing our rod and gun Saturday, hosted by St. Paul's on Maine. Where women and men get instruction for official trainers, pistols, and rifles in the morning. Lunch at high noon. Skeet shooting after lunch. And uh, hmm. it's a Tenorite for the grand finale. i bring my AR-15 so you all can fire it. Huh. Is that Liz? Yeah. Well, no, it looks like Larry Biddle. Well, the, but the text says the, the text says Liz. Anyway, somebody's, somebody's having fun shooting some, uh, sh- shooting some guns this morning. It's off, uh, according to Larry, it's off of Highway 7, uh, th- Highway 7, 378, excuse yeah. me. I, I'm, I'm sounding like Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, and so, um, hmm, interesting. I hadn't heard about that until just now. So interesting stuff. But thank you all for checking in here on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. A lot to talk about today. Uh, you know, we usually start with something uh, light, but I wanted to share. There was a, a story, um, and I know you guys have probably heard the story. Let me see if my system is working. The, uh, there was a, a real um, tragic uh, mass shooting in York County this week. Uh, Liz was talking about it on her show. And uh, one of the things that um, she pointed out in, um, in her discussion is, and I haven't heard the details. I don't know. I still don't know. I don't know that anybody knows what uh, transpired uh, between this doctor and his family and this former um, NFL player to uh, create the animosity or to create the conflict, whatever, or it might have been. He was a, apparently a physician who had been treating uh, this individual. So I don't know exactly what uh, contributed to this, how it happened, but it was uh, clearly um, a tragedy. And uh, we uh, learned this week as well that the doctor apparently had um, a blog. Liz pointed this out on her show, and she actually read it. I looked at the, uh, I looked at the web, tried to find it, but uh, it was um, something that he had written apparently just days uh, before the shooting. Of course, the the news broke on uh, two days ago. The news broke on Thursday. It said a mass shooting Wednesday afternoon in Rock Hill in York County left five people dead, including two children. Suspect was identified as a former professional uh, football player. And, of course, that former professional football player player is uh, Philip Adams. And uh, he played for a number of teams, around, I think, six teams over five years in the NFL and had, uh, uh, you know, bounced around a little bit in the the league. But, again, 33-year-old Philip Adams is the former NFL player, I think his last uh, stint may have been with San Francisco. Don't don't know for sure if that was his last stint or not, uh, but he did bounce around quite a bit in the league. He was a uh, graduate, interestingly enough, of South Carolina State uh, University. But the interesting thing, I mean, it's it's a terrible tragedy all the way around. Dr. Robert Leslie and his wife, two uh, Rock Hill um, uh, residents, uh, he's a physician, just Everything that I've read online about him was uh, just a stand-up guy, but apparently he had written a blog. I wish I could find it for you guys. Um, it was a blog that he wrote about uh, heaven, and he had a vision of what heaven would be like and 
it, it talk, he talks in the in the post about walking through uh, a, a conifer pine forest and uh, with his wife, and it was just a terribly moving thing. But to think that he wrote that literally days apparently before he um, he uh, before he passed, much uh, you know, leaves leaves you really almost speechless. Uh, so. So are we going to take a break, Mr. Producer? Hey, you know what? I think we are back online here. Oh, my I goodness. Push these little button there. Apparently we're there back online. Little, so little thing on when, we can, uh, when, when I can locate that blog, I will share that with you. But I want to just uh, send our condolences to the family, everyone involved in that hor- horrific tragedy. But stick with us, folks. We're getting the system back online. A lot more to come today here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We're going to be joined in the second hour by a special guest. This is uh, Savannah Craven. You're going to love meeting Savannah. Uh, Savannah's an up-and-coming artist, and she's part of the Blexit, and she's somebody you're going to want to hear from. So looking forward to that. Also, Johnny Bellamy going to be dialing in a little bit later this hour. Johnny Bellamy is president of the Myrtle Beach Republican Women's Club. She's going to be sharing with us a few of her events coming up. So stick with us. A lot to talk about here on Saturday Morning Coffee. But again, our deepest uh, condolences to the family of uh, Dr. Leslie and the loss of his wife and, and his passing and his grandchildren. What a tragedy. And we remember those folks here today here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We'll be right back after these words, folks. Don't leave town. I'm Reese Boyd. Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. Milo is your best friend. He's your second cousin. All roads lead to He's the rising sun. Milo is a long, long way from home yet. Milo is a name you won't forget. Milo, I haven't met yet. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Sounds so much more natural when everything's working, Glenn. Yeah, it is. It's a little, little bit easier with the uh, with the backdrop. Well, the plane's a little easier to fly this way as well. It is. It's 722 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sharing it with us, as I mentioned. Uh, we are going to be hearing in a momentarily from Johnny Bellamy. Johnny's the president of the Myrtle Beach Republican Women's Club. She's going to be telling us about some of... Her events coming up in the near future. Also, uh, we'll be hearing not this week, but we'll try to get on next week, uh, Shannon Grady. Uh, Shannon is president of the O'Ree County, another women's club here in Myrtle Beach. This is the O'Ree County Republican Women's Club. And also Ron Mata. Ron is the president of the South Strand Republican Club. Thought we'd give uh, these various clubs an opportunity to come on and share with you guys about the events that they have uh coming up in the uh, over the next few weeks so we'll be talking to johnny on this show a little bit later coming up in just a few moments wanted to share a little bit with you uh about reflecting on the lies of the administration and i just find myself every day scratching my head at the lies that we are confronted with in the public square that are being propagated by this president and his vice president and his minions in the white house you know, it occurred to me, folks, I'm old enough to remember, you know, not day-to-day, moment-by-moment, but I can certainly remember when uh, Bill Clinton was president. We can all mostly remember when Barack Obama was president. Uh, you know, and I don't remember the level of just sheer delusional, abject falsehood 
being propagated on a daily basis. But we rolled out some uh, some greatest hits this week. Jo- uh, Joe really rolled out some uh, masterpieces. You got those clips ready, Mr. Producer? Probably. Which, uh, which clip are we looking let's, at? How about we start with clip one? Okay. Well, it's got a great uh, Joe Biden clip talking about what he's doing to the Second Amendment and how none of the amendments really are absolute. So you guys need to just take a deep breath and relax. Most people don't know it. You walk into a store and you buy a gun, you have a background check. But you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want and no background check. The president said a moment ago, quote, you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want. This is no Jen Psaki check. trying to clean up for the president. exemption federal law that he was referring to or just do FLA dealers not have to do background checks when they're at a gun show? Are you asking me if he was referring? No, it's okay. Were you asking me if he was referring to like a specific circumstance? Or I'm sorry, just tell me a little bit more about your question. I mean, is it the president's belief that you do not have to undergo a background check when you are at a gun show? No, it's not his belief. He believes that gun that background check should be universal. Right, but he says no background check. Well, uh, we know what his position is, right? So let me reiterate that, which is that uh, gut background checks are something that should be universal. They're supported by more than 80% of the public. He's supported legislation, advocated for that, um, and uh, advocated against loopholes as well. So that's his position. See, But also uh, today we're taking steps to confront not just the gun crisis, but what is actually a public health crisis. Nothing, nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. There are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater and call a freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. From the very beginning of the Second Amendment existed, certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. So the idea just you, pause, uh, you know, and so uh, what I just pause that for a moment with what I would love to do, folks, is hear uh, Biden. And this is kind of a mashup of things that he has said uh, on the subject this week. And then uh, it's not all in chronological order. That was, of course, Jen Psaki following up at a press conference trying to unspin what the president had said. But what he's saying, folks, they're simply he's he's misquoting laws. He's misquoting statutes. Um uh, there is no gun show loophole. It is absurd. He's he's just making things up as he goes along. And what basis does he have to say that when the Second Amendment was written, that there were limitations on what you could buy? Do you remember any discussions during the Constitutional Convention on what the Second Amendment applied to, what it what? people could buy what what existed what guns existed when the second amendment was enacted uh way back in 1790 ish uh what guns existed exactly that people could not buy i'd be curious to hear joe biden answer that question yes exactly none and so go ahead mr producer Nothing. I have nothing. No, no, no. Finish. The, oh, uh, you want to finish that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like looking for a comment. I'm no, like, no, no. I got nothing to I say got about that. that. Yeah. No, no. He, and he doesn't either. <laughs> but finish the, yeah, finish the clip. Yeah, it's just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. Let me say it again. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. And it's an international embarrassment. Actually not true. 
You know, we saw it again last night as I was coming to the Oval Office. I got the word that uh, in South Carolina, a, uh, a physician uh, with his wife, two grandchildren, and a person working at his house was gunned down, all five. So many people, so many of the people sitting here today know that well, unfortunately. You know, uh, they know what it's like when the seconds change your life forever. I've had the pleasure of getting to meet an awful circumstance. So interestingly enough, folks, as they always do, they're tugging on the heartstrings there. Joe is tugging on the heartstrings of every- And listen, I don't for a moment think that we don't have sympathy for everybody. We open the show with a... You know, our heartfelt uh, condolences to everyone in in York County and in South Carolina that's been impacted by this latest senseless round of violence. But in point of fact, current crime statistics should uh, show that you're much more likely to be killed with a knife than with a gun. And and these high capacity weapons that they keep talking to actually kill way, way less people than knives. And so are they are they jumping up and down about knives? And if not, why not? And so, I mean, if we're if we're actually going after the death numbers and we want to bring down the death numbers, then let's outlaw knives because knives the current FBI crime data shows knives kill the knives kill a lot more people than than AR-15s dream of killing. And so let's go after knives. Um, and, and so what we're seeing again and again every day out of this administration is they will say whatever it takes to, to make an emotional point, score a point, tug on your heartstring, build some argument, whether it's completely uh, non-factual or not, uh, to, uh, to, to, to further their political agenda. It's, it's insanity, folks. It's really crazy. And one of the things that... Uh, you know, this next clip I'll play goes back a little bit further, but but let's uh, let's hear uh, the next Biden clip, Mr. Producer. Yeah, uh, you got to tell me which one that is. That would be uh, clip two. There is no clip two. There's a uh, clip three. Try that one. All uh, right. Um, yeah, it actually says clip two, clip three. So that's it. Let's 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 try that guy. With regard to the filibuster, I believe. We should go back to a position of the filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. Um, and that is that 120 years. it used to be required for the filibuster. And I, I had a card on this. I was going to give you the statistics, but you probably know them. Uh, that it used to be that, uh, the, it, that well, from between 1917 and 1971, the filibuster existed. There were a total of 58 motions to break a filibuster. That whole time. Last year alone, there were five times that many. So it's being abused in a gigantic way. And for example, it used to be you had to stand there and talk and talk and talk and talk until you collapsed. And guess what? People got tired of talking and tired of collapsing. Filibusters broke down and we were able to break the filibuster, get a quorum and vote. So I strongly support moving in that direction, in addition to having an open mind about dealing with certain things that are are just elemental to the functioning of our democracy, like the right to vote, like the basic right to vote. 
We've amended the filibuster in the past. But here's the deal. As you observed, I'm a fairly practical guy. For sure. I want to get things done. Yeah. I want to get them done. Procedure be damned. Consistent with what we promised the American people. The Constitution be damned. In order to do that, in a 50-50 Senate. Your Bill of Rights be damned. to get to the place where I get 50 votes. I got to have the votes. the Vice President of the United States can break the tie. Sure. 51 votes without her. Absolutely. And so I'm going to say something outrageous. Please, by all means. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Uh, anyway, uh, uh, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. We're going to get we a lot done. If have to, yeah. if there's complete... Lockdown and chaos is a consequence of the filibuster. Then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. We'll go beyond what I'm talking about. Folks, it's really frightening, okay. the, the, the language that's coming out. And by the way, that was the uh, first pre- press conference. Again, all those, that was sort of a mashup of various things Biden has said, not in any particular order. Um, but it is frightening, folks, the language that is coming out of this administration. And they will say anything to advance their agenda, to give cover to the things that they want to do, and they're trampling on your civil rights. It's, it's just categorically insane. And we haven't even talked yet about what Biden has said about the Georgia voting law, uh, which he's likened to Jim Crow, which is categorically absurd. So we'll touch on that after these words, and we'll be talking shortly with uh, Johnny Bellamy right after the break as we discuss. So stick with us. A lot more to talk about here on Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, and more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours, full hours on Talk Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.38 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sharing it with us here on Talk 94.5. A lot of you checking in this morning on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. James from Myrtle Beach. Biden feeding us a load of propaganda. Absolutely, James. Kenny, the equipment guy, checking in. Kenny, thanks for your kind comments. Uh, Ken from Conway checking in, saying... uh, Choosing between Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon is like choosing between Joe Biden and Kamala. Kamala Harris. Absolutely. That's, that's a pretty good. That might be in the running for a gift card. That might be in the running for a gift card at uh, Brown Fox Coffee, Ken. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put your name on that list. Remember, <laughs> folks, we've got a $10 gift card and a Saturday morning coffee mug going to the most thoughtful, most erudite commentary that comes in this morning on the PCRXcomputers.com Text line, so keep those coming. Will down at Coastal Sports checking in. Good morning, Will. Will, I'm curious if there's anything in the store 
or if Joe Biden's comments, as they always do, sent everyone scurrying for the registers, which I, I guess is good, but let us know if you've got anything to sell or if the store's been picked bare. I, I'll tell you, the, uh, there are not going to be any guns left for sale in America yeah. if Joe Biden doesn't shut his mouth, which yeah. I guess, you know, hey, I, if, uh, that means they've been bought. So I'm OK with that, too. But or I mean, we'll have no ammo for those. Well, guns. it just it gets frustrating when I go to the store and it's empty. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. I went to, you know, stock up, uh, buy more ammo. And mm-hmm. it's like you go in and then their shelves are empty. Right. And so anyway, it's frustrating. I was uh, talking also before the break, obviously, about Joe Biden and his ongoing commentary of lies. It's just a it's a it's a parade of, mm-hmm. of falsehood, folks. Even the Washington Post getting in on the act of fact checking the president. Uh, what I'm worried about this is Joe Biden. What I'm worried about uh, is how un-American this whole initiative is talking, of course, about Georgia's efforts to clean up its voting rolls and clarify its voting procedures. It, is there anybody on the planet, folks, with an IQ over 30 who does not understand that the Georgia election in 2020 and for a few elections now has been a mess, but that 2020 was a hot mess in Georgia and that Georgia needs to do the responsible thing and clean up its voting procedures? Well, of course, the Democrats are likening this to Jim Crow. And of course, they are wrong. That is just uh, filthy lies. But. Uh, what Joe Biden said is, this is sick. Deciding what you're going to end voting at five when working people are just getting off work. He's saying they're they're trying to keep uh, working people from voting. He said, among other outrageous parts of this new state law, it ends voting hours early. So working people can't cast their vote after their shift is over. By the way, the, uh, the facts are not that. Uh, you can criticized the bill for many things, this according to uh, the Washington Post. But I don't think you can criticize it for reducing the hours you can vote, said University of Georgia political science charge as Charles S. Bullock. He speculated that Biden might have been briefed on an early version of the bill. There were about 25 versions of this bill floating around. But long story short, Biden and other Democrats, but but Biden is the chief executive. The buck, as uh, as Harry Truman famously observed, stops on his desk, uh, and the Washington Post gave him four Pinocchios. This this president makes a habit out of lying, folks, taking your rights away and then with the left hand and lying to you with the right hand and telling you that there's nothing to see here. Just keep moving along. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. So, I mean, it's just really unbelievable, folks, what they're doing. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there for the moment. Joined here on the show this morning by... One of the presidents of the one of the local Republican clubs here in town, Johnny Bellamy. Johnny's president of the Myrtle Beach Republican Women's Club. As you guys know, we're in the midst of a Republican Party reorg season. So a lot of our local clubs are hosting events. Of course, these clubs are always meeting, but they're hosting events uh, related to the reorg process. Wanted to invite Johnny on the show to tell us a little bit about her club and what's going on. Johnny, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Reese. I'm doing great. Johnny, you there? Great. Hello, Johnny. Can you hear me? We can hear you just fine. We're having all kinds of technical issues here this morning. Johnny, welcome to the program. Thanks a lot, Reese. Thank Johnny? you. Well, we had intended to have Johnny Bellamy on the show this morning, folks. Johnny was going to tell us about the Myrtle Beach uh, Republican Women's Club. Johnny, are you there? I am here. Wow. She, um, Johnny, can we try again? Maybe it's yeah. There it yeah. is. 
Johnny, are you on a sale? I am on a sale. I just stepped out of my condo. I live at Villa Friends. It's like a fortress. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 When right. the hurricane comes, you know, we can't hear anything outside, which is good. But well, that's good. But yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't make for good radio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. You know, so, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. We've been having a, a few technical difficulties this morning. This isn't our uh, this is this isn't our smoothest exercise, but we're getting there. So tell us a yeah. little bit about the uh, Myrtle Beach Republican Women's Club. How long have you guys been meeting? Uh, the Myrtle Beach Republican Women are about uh, that group is about thirty years old. Wow. Uh, we, yeah, yeah, it's a long-standing group. It was started by some women back in the seventies or eight, uh, early eighties. Uh, Lois Orgol was one of the founding members, and Helen Smith. They went on to run for offices, and uh, you know, it's it's great to look at their history um, back in the day that women were you know stepping out and uh, you know showing their gravitas you know early on. Yeah. So, we meet at the Dunes Club, which is absolutely beautiful. Uh, the first time I went to their meeting, I walked into the ballroom and I went, "Ooh, I can do this once a month." Yeah. You know, it's just gorgeous, right on the ocean. Well, and, and I come to your meetings occasionally, and the food is always great. And of course, the, the food ven- is wonderful. The venue is beautiful, and you guys always have good, interesting speakers to uh, to enlighten folks. So that's a great thing. And y'all have got some special events uh, coming up in the next. Uh, couple of weeks tell us what's on the calendar for the next couple of weeks and and some specific times when folks can come out and and uh, and join the club okay um our next meeting is actually this coming tuesday we meet the second tuesday monthly and uh we have three speakers who are running for the seventh district congressional seat so people have jumped out in that race really quickly thank Mm -hmm. god and um we have a speaker from Horry County, Ken Richardson. We have Barbara Arthur, Arthur from Florence County, yep. and Thomas Dunn from Georgetown County. So I'm excited that we have um, three people from around the 7th District, not just, you know, local Horry County people. So we have them, and we also have invited the candidates for the uh, upcoming Horry County uh, GOP leadership, the chairman, vice chair, hmm. and state executive committee me, uh, yeah. members. And a lot of the Myrtle Beach Republicans have, uh, have been active for many cycles. Uh, every two years, we reorganize the party, and they are executive committee men and delegates to the county convention and delegates to the state convention in May. Yeah. So uh, it's a and, good uh, powwow for conservatives and republicans full full disclosure i am one of those candidates for Ori county chair so i'll let that be known um and tell folks again what the and you might want to adjust your cell phone johnny you're still breaking in and out a little bit but um tell folks again what the date and time of that meeting will be the date is this coming tuesday april 13th it's at eleven thirty at the dunes Gotham beach club at that's nine thousand north ocean boulevard uh, we meet uh, 11.34 buffet, and our speakers are from 12 to 1. We often go over and we linger for yeah. several hours because everyone yeah. wants to get their, you know, opinions known. 
but the meeting is from 12 to 1. A lot of no networking and socializing goes on. It's always a fun meeting. And I want to I thank you, Johnny, for all your work on behalf of the party over the years. You, you've, uh, you've been a long-suffering trooper. And, uh, <laughs> suffering, that's for sure. Yeah. So, you know, interesting. But it's for a good cause. It's a good cause. The only reason I got involved is to, um, you know, people have died for our right to vote and participation, participate in the election process. And uh, there's been apathy throughout our history over the last 20 years. And uh, I could go, I'm, I'm actually attending a Constitution is a Solution seminar today. It's a uh, workshop, and it's the third day of the workshop. You know, what's happening to us right now is because we have uh, we just, you know, we're not apathetic, but we believe that our representatives were doing their jobs, and, and uh, they haven't done their jobs. And so yeah. if we are active locally, we can have an effect on the state, and the state can have an effect nationally. So yeah. we have to get involved and get informed. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a... Um interesting little piece of political trivia in in Ori County the reason that I got involved originally in the Ori County Republican Party is one day you invited me to lunch and so that was many years ago I could do I could really get mad at you for doing that by the way <laughs> I get mad at myself quite often but yeah, honestly I could I could I seriously harbor some hard feelings over that <laughs> <laughs> but but that's well, how you, that's yeah. how you get people involved. That's how you get people that's involved. Right. You you that's find right. folks who uh, who seem to be conservative minded and, and like minded, and you take them out to lunch and 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 you know tell them how things are done or not done or what's working, what's not working, and encourage them to get involved and make a difference. So so that's... I do remember that conversation well, and you did say um, that you know you you felt that there were things that could be done and uh and were you know you were interested yeah and you're you're a patriot as I, well i was a sucker i was a sucker <laughs> no you're not all right no, you're not. johnny i will uh we will continue to encourage folks to get out and support your group uh folks that's uh, next tuesday at eleven thirty, and uh, great lunch and great uh sponsor i mean great uh, discussion and and hopefully some great speakers anything else you want to share johnny before we go um, if you have a, like 30 seconds or a minute, do you have that much time? You can have 15 seconds. How about that? How about, um, how about 28? How about 28? You can have 28 okay. seconds. Go. I will start this. It's something that I heard. It's very profound. It didn't end with the slaying of the 300 at Thermopylae. It began. It didn't end with another crucifixion at Golgotha. It began. It didn't end with the massacre at Sand Creek. It began. It didn't end with the fall of the Alamo. It began. It didn't end at Ford Theater. It began. It didn't end at Pearl Harbor. It didn't end at 9-11. It began. And Yamamoto knew better than you. You have awakened the American giant and filled us with terrible resolve. And now it begins again. New mission, restore our fallen pre-public objectives, defeat the deep state means expose the fake news, tools, Truth, discernment, and free will. Yeah. Your mass will silence us. Your shutdowns don't scare us. Your riots won't stop us. You're not as disciplined as the British. You're not as organized as the Nazis. You're not as fierce as the Imperial Japanese. You're not as brutal as ISIS. And we beat them all. You're next. 
Amen. And amen to that. And I, we've actually read that on the show, uh, Johnny. That's a great piece. I've, I've seen that and have read that for our, uh, for our parting wisdom before pieces of it. Folks, uh, it's Johnny Bellamy and the Myrtle Beach Republican Women. Encourage you to get out and support uh, that effort. It's open to men and women. I, uh, I go when I can, and that's uh, Tuesday, coming up Tuesday morning at 1130. Johnny, thanks. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Folks, stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flowing like an awful daily and nightly. Will it ever stop, y'all? I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll go to the extreme. I rock a mic like a man who light up the stage and wax a chalk like a candle dance. Caress the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom, deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best. To finally love it, to leave it, you better can't wait. Better hit fools out of kid, don't play. If it was a problem, I would solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.54 on your Saturday morning. Little election law election integrity update for you here on Saturday morning coffee. This uh, coming to us from the Epoch Times, Pennsylvania agrees to remove the names of dead citizens from voter rolls. You wouldn't think that that would be very controversial, but apparently you have to litigate it to get things done. Folks, it's really quite uh, uh, amazing. And, And the good news is these things are happening. It's going to be hit or miss, but I think we, um, we're seeing a little bit of incremental progress in the states as we continue to uh, examine and unpack the things that went wrong in November. Hopefully, stepping back from the precipice of some of the crazy provisions that were implemented in 2020. And of course, uh, this all presumes that the awful uh, federal legislation <clears throat> that has been proposed is not implemented, federalizing all of the, uh, frankly, idiotic. Uh, many of the idiotic provisions that were implemented in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, which completely undermined the integrity of our electoral process. Uh, I think if the states left to their own devices, most of them will find their way back off of the funny farm, folks. Uh, Most recently here in the state of Pennsylvania, the state has agreed to remove the names of deceased people from voter rolls. An election integrity watchdog group announced after reaching a settlement with state officials. The lawsuit filed by the Public Interest Legal Foundation uh, in November 2020 alleged that some 21,000 registrants who had died were still on the state's voter rolls as of the time of the 2020 presidential election. Pennsylvania agreed to compare its voter registration database with the Social Security Death Index and then direct all county election commissioners to remove the names of dead registrants. This marks an important victory for integrity of elections in Pennsylvania, said PILF President and General Counsel Christian Adams. 
In a statement announcing the court's decision, the Commonwealth's failure to remove deceased registrants created a vast opportunity for voter fraud and abuse. It is important to not have dead voters active on the rolls 5, 10, or even 20 years after they pass. This settlement fixes that. The lawsuit was filed after the November 3rd election when the then-candidate Joe Biden took a lead over President Donald Trump in Pennsylvania. Ultimately, the Pennsylvania Secretary of the Commonwealth's Office certified the election. The foundation said it found that 9,212 of the 21,000 voters had been dead for more than five years, and nearly 2,000 of the voters had been dead for more than 10 years. You know, I don't know that it's been done, but it would be interesting to go back and research uh, how many times among those 2,000 voters, uh, how many of them voted and how often in the last 10 years. Uh, the set, continuing with the piece from the Epoch Times, the settlement stipulates the Department of State shall transmit to each county commission the names of the individuals registered in each respective county identified as deceased as a result of the comparison with the Social Security death rolls. Uh, and the, uh, and the, uh, in response, the Pennsylvania Department of State, which did not agree in the settlement with the number of dead voters alleged, said the agreement to remove voters includes no finding of inadequacy on the part of Pennsylvania or its counties, according to the Washington Times. So, but the, uh, the general result is uh, that the voter rolls in Pennsylvania will be cleaned up over in Wisconsin. Unfortunately, we have a slightly different uh, result. The Wisconsin Supreme Court has ruled that the state should not have to purge thousands of voters who may have moved out of the state from voter rules. The Wisconsin Supreme Court taking the position there that that is the job of the counties and not of the state. So they're going to have to keep fighting that battle here in uh, in Wisconsin, there in Wisconsin. Uh, folks, it's Saturday morning coffee. Stick with us right after the uh, break at the top of the hour. We're going to be joined by Savannah Craven. So stick with us. It's Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. This is WTKM 94.5. Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. Talk 94.5, the new conservative alternative. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. One, two, three. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. You're in the second cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. It is 8.07 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We're going to switch gears here in a moment. We're joined in the studio by Savannah Craven. Uh, Savannah is exactly the sort of individual that we celebrate here on Saturday Morning Coffee. She is a young conservative. 
and she is uh, a local girl made good. And we're going to actually switch gears from uh, Turnpike Troubadours to a little rap music you're going to hear on uh, the radio here this morning for the first time, a little piece that that Savannah has done. So Savannah is a graduate of Socastee High School. Yes. And welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So you are a local girl made good. You are you are suddenly finding yourself getting national attention. Tell me tell me who Savannah Craven is. Well, I'm a 19-year-old patriot. I love to sing and I love my country and I also love rap music. I feel like my age group specifically is kind of just growing up with rap now, mm-hmm. but the people that we have running that are not exactly the type of people that I agree with. <laughs> yeah, not not the role models. No, not at wanna, all. That you want to look at, look to. Right. So you've got a piece, and, and it's gotten some attention lately. Tell me a little bit about how uh, how that happened. Yeah, so my song's called Be Like Candace, Candace Owens. I'm sure all of you guys know who <laughs> oh, she yeah. is. Yeah. She is absolutely wonderful. And I'm a musical theater major, and I've always really just been into Broadway. But on the side, I have written a few songs. And I attended a CPAC in Orlando this past February, where I met up with a couple of the MAGA rappers, including Forgiato Blow, mm-hmm. Bryson Gray, and J360. And we are just talking, and I told them, well, I have this song, and it's called Be Like Candace, but it's not really something that I... Yeah. I'm going to think about putting out or anything. It's just something that I did. And yeah. I just want you guys to hear it. And they're like, all right, let's hear it. And they liked it. They loved the lyrics. They loved that it was clean, that mm-hmm. it was it had right. all facts in it. Yeah. And they're like, well, let's let's put a beat behind this and, and let's kind of see where this goes. And so a few days later, I decided to fly back down to Florida and we recorded it in the studio. And they were just kind of like, if it does something, that'll be fantastic. If not whatever it's going to be a cool experience and either way it's a it's a dope song so why not absolutely so folks without further ado we're going to give you a little bit we're going to give you the radio debut of be like candace is that okay yes absolutely very good let's roll that uh, footage So good. Thank that is so that is the, the that is the radio debut of Be Like Candace, folks. And Savannah, I have a prediction for you. Yes. I think one day Donald Trump 
Trump is going to invite you to play golf. <laughs> that yeah. is the goal. That is the goal. <laughs> I've got a feeling. Now, Candace, the, feeling. the beach that you're laying on is not Myrtle Beach, I can tell. No, no. Um, that was filmed in Tampa. I was going to say Sarasota yeah. area, it appeared. <laughs> yes. Just yes. from the color of the sand. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Glenn's got, the, Glenn's got the video and the audio. We're, yeah. we're, uh, we're listening. But that was so three abortions later, it's a triple homicide. That's yes. a pretty strong statement. That's Absolutely. a pretty strong statement. That's, yeah. a, that's an amazing. So did you write all of that? Is that yes. your work? That mm-hmm. is so awesome. Thank you so much. So are you among your peers? Because you're, I'm going to venture way out. You're a lot younger than me. Uh, <laughs> is it hard to be conservative? What made you conservative? How do you, how do you attribute that? Because, you know, there's the old saying that says if you're not, you know, a liberal when you're 18, you don't have a heart. And if you're not a conservative when you're 40, you don't have a brain. You right. know, that's the old, that's the old conventional wisdom. So what, what is it that made, because you're exactly what we need in this country. We need, Thank you. we need about hundred million more people just yeah. like you. Yeah. And so what is it in your mind, what is it that caused you to sort of gravitate toward a conservative worldview? Yeah. So I always grew up watching Fox and Friends before I go to school. That's what my mom always had on the TV. <laughs> oh, way to go, mom. Mom, by the way, is here in the studio with us as well. Yes. So, <laughs> so um, you know, and I, I remember when Obama first got elected and I remember seeing how upset my mom was and I never really like really understood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but as I as I kept uh you know just following up with it, I started to learn like a few things. So it was really when in 2015 when Donald Trump announced that he was going to start running. I think I was a, I was just starting my sophomore year mm-hmm. and everything just started turning into this insane like war. It's like if you were supporting Trump, not and supporting Trump you were insane and anything else it was like oh whatever you can support whatever you want yeah. so i didn't really take it seriously i think a lot of people didn't take trump seriously because he wasn't a politician when he started running but yeah. as i listened to the things that he started to say and his goals i i started to really agree with them and my mom always told me you can think whatever you want just have your just be able to back up your opinion and sure. you can think whatever you want yeah. and if you can back up with your opinion with facts then great well, liberals can't really do that. So that's just the way that I see it. And I think that's absolutely correct. We say it on this show all the time. Liberals don't want to debate Mm-mm. because if you debate the facts, if you really look at the evidence and I'm a lawyer. So, you know, I tend to lay everything out, look at the evidence that's available to us and you make a decision based on that. If the if the liberals got into a debate on all the things that they believe with us conservatives, I believe they would lose every debate because I think conservatism is borne out by the facts. Liberalism is, in fact, not borne out by the facts. It's disproven by the facts. You know, right. it's it's a it's a it's a pipe dream. Right. It's a you know, it's the old expression. There is no free lunch and, mm-hmm. and you can't print enough money to make everybody wealthy, particularly when the likes of AOC and Chuck Schumer are determining and Kamala Harris are determining how we distribute the money that we print. I mean, right. it's, it's insanity. It's crazy. Right. So do you get in arguments with your friends about uh, your political beliefs? Well, really, since I became vocal about it uh, right before the election season last year, I really just put it all out there and I yeah. was like, yeah, I'm voting for Trump. This is yeah. my first time and I wouldn't yeah. want to vote for anyone else. And so I got I got some few like hate messages and and people saying stuff to me. But then I realized, like, if you're going to stop being my friend, you know who I am. So if Mm -hmm. you're really just going to stop being my friend just because I think differently than you on this one topic, then I don't really need you in my life. So after that, I decided to attend Charlie Kirk's Student Action Summit in West Palm Beach in December 
And then I just was like so inspired because I met all these conservatives that are my age that think the same as me. And I was like, wow, like this is what I've been missing. This is what I needed. Amen. So I continued going to these events and yeah. um, just meeting more people, networking and realizing like, wow, like I, I just find it so hard to believe that we're outnumbered by these people when I see all of these patriots around yeah. me. Yeah. It is an amazing um, circumstance that we're in. So many people, I think, in, in today's world, they choose their political affiliation based on a, a fundamental mis- misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of folks on the left, including our president, we've been talking about him, about him this morning. They're engaged in sort of around-the-clock misinformation campaigns yeah. that that really, really deceive people. They're not they're not feeding people truth, and uh, and I tend to believe truth is going to win out. But sometimes you you think, oh my goodness, it's a, it's it's a it's a tough battle that we're in, and it really is a battle. Yeah. And so, uh, can you stick around? Candace, I'd love to have you stick around. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Savannah. <laughs> you can call uh, me Candace. That's I cool. can call you Candace. Uh, can you stick funny. around, Savannah? That, that was, was a pretty, pretty good funny, slip. Yeah. Uh, by the way, your show has made it to Candace, Candace's attention, correct? Yes. Or my, your, your piece? Yes. So just like I think it was five days later, I received a message uh, through Instagram that yeah. the Candace show was they heard my song and mm-hmm. Candace heard it and she loved it. And they were wondering if they could if I could sign a waiver for them to use it on the show and you know, I almost collapsed uh, when I got that phone call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, absolutely, yes. I can't believe, because the, the real goal was for Candace to just hear the song. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, the big goal was, like, if she put it on her show, that would be incredible. That would be everything I ever want. And the fact that it happened, like, less than a week later, it was just a dream mm. come true. Is she going to use it again? Is she, is she said she would play it again? Or maybe, maybe, I, I maybe she sure. could make it her bumper music. I know, right? I yeah. think so. I think that would be good. She, can, <laughs> she could put that in the rotation. Yes. So, uh, well, I just think that's awesome. And, and you are just great. So Thank I would love you. to uh, spend a few more minutes with you if you'll stick around through a break. Absolutely. All right. Very good, folks. We're talking to Savannah Craven. And she is uh, suddenly becoming famous for this music that you're hearing right now. We're, we're uh, with her here on Saturday Morning Coffee. After these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back. Don't leave town. Saturday Morning Coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee 821 on your Saturday morning. We are talking to Savannah Craven here in the studio. You have just been among the first to hear her soon-to-be famous single, Be Like Candace. By the way, Savannah, our own uh, Liz Calloway has just checked in on the text line and wants to know, we've heard now, Be Like Candace. She wants to know, when is Be Like Liz going to (laughs) drop? I'll have to work on that yeah, very, work, very soon. Get to work on that. She's, get right on that. Yes. So um, I have really enjoyed talking to you this morning, and I, I want to ask you a couple of questions, and I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but you are a, a mixed race. Yes. In 
does that how does that affect your embracement uh, embracing your embracing of conservatism mm-hmm. um, I, I know you've uh, talked about Blexit and some yes. of your stuff what, how does how does that uh, how does that work for you being somebody who you know you could pass as mixed or, or African-American, I think, if you wanted to. And, and that kind of puts you in the middle of the stream. And, yeah. and and how does that work trying to be a conservative like Candace? Well, Democrats have told black people for years and years and years that they need to vote Democrat, that the Republicans are completely against them, yeah. and they're racist. And yeah. really, it's the opposite. Uh, as, as a mixed person, everything that the conservatives stand for is really what we should be paying attention to. As, as colored people. I'm into that. I'm into that. Yeah. And I personally, growing up, have always been told, like, by people that think that way that are liberals. And some black people have told me that I'm whitewashed, that I don't talk black, that I don't mm-hmm. act black, that I'm not black enough. And it's just kind of like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Well, I, I don't I don't get it, you know? Well, isn't it interesting? And I find it, you know, um, the left would have you believe that they have the moral high ground on this issue, but yet it's the left that wants us to focus on the things that divide us. Right. They, they want to, not just on your race, but as you just said, degrees of blackness, and you're not being yeah. black enough, and mm-hmm. you're being judged because you're not black enough. What does that even mean? <laughs> I wish and, I knew. And, and what about, what, what, what became in this country of an individual's right to think for themselves, you know, everything that you do, whether we're talking about free speech, the right to, you know, bear this or bear that, everything that we do starts with thought. And there, there are some people in this country that would push us to where you can't even think for yourself. Right. That's crazy. It is. It's insane. It's like, who are you to tell me just because of the color of my skin that I should vote a certain way, that I should think a certain way? Amen. Your yeah. president did that. Yeah, he said, that, that, if, exactly, if you don't vote yeah. for Joe Biden, you, you ain't, ain't black. You ain't black. <laughs> we don't need no. And, and, and quite honestly, uh, the promises of of uniting us as a country has gone out the window since he's been in office. Absolutely. He is yeah. dividing us at every turn. Right. So, so while we are dealing with heavy questions, let me ask you this heavy question. Do you consider America to be a systemically racist country? Absolutely not. There you go. And, and why is that? Well, as a black person, there are colleges that will actually pay you a full ride just because of the color of your skin to make their their college may look more diverse. Sure. White people yeah. would never get something like that. Look at Instagram, Facebook. It's all buy black owned, buy black from black businesses, support mm-hmm. black this. Oh, look at this black person and they're selling the same thing that this person might be. I'm like, I'm not going to buy something from you based on the color of your skin. I'm going to buy your product if I like it and if it's good quality. If it works, yeah. I don't care what your color is. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, but yeah. that's all they focus on is they, they focus on gender and race and the way you look and your size. And if you're a straight white male, you're just the biggest threat to this world. Yeah, it's it's open season on us, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. We're... we're, uh, we're uh... <laughs> We're the we're the target of the day, and I don't know when that will change, but that's okay. I'm a big boy. I right, can, I can handle it. <laughs> so, so what do you see as the uh, solution, and how do you how do you get more people who look like you, more people who are racially diverse? How do we bring more of those people into the conservative fold and into the Republican Party? 
I just think people really need to educate themselves. You can really look at, I look at Martin Luther King, you know, he once said that I hope that my children are judged not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Amen. Yeah. And that's all you should be judged on. Sure. Is the way that you treat people and the way that you act in your life goals. And isn't it ironic that it is today the left that it is that is pushing us in the direction of judging people based not on the content of their character, not on the merits of what they accomplish or don't accomplish, but based literally on the on the color of their skin. It's yeah. it's like we're moving backwards if we listen to these folks. Right. So, well, I have just so enjoyed talking to you. What's coming up for uh, your what's on your timeline yes. what, do you, what do you foresee happening in the next uh for, what's what's up for savannah yes. america's got talent so, the yeah. voice yeah i'm i'm, so I'm gonna have, be anxious to follow your 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 career path here this is gonna be so exciting yeah. yeah well you can follow me on instagram it's savannah a craven and keep up with me on what i'm doing on the daily but just in a couple days my next song is dropping it's called relationship goals and it's mm -hmm. talking about the nuclear family how important it is for yeah. people to stay together pray together take care of their children work hard for what they want to accomplish and uh i have a couple events coming up and uh, one on this, the April 17th, I have a Blexit event in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where oh, wow. Candace will be there. So hopefully I'll get to chat with her a little bit and that'll be fun. Yeah, and I definitely uh, have some few concerts coming up. Our first one is the Freedom Without Fear concert in Lynn, Minnesota. And the next one is in Dayton, Ohio on May 21st. So more information on my social media for, for that. Oh, that'll be awesome. And if you will forward that to us we'll put that on the uh, on the station's page and, and our social media stuff you know there's an there is a group coming up uh there's a meeting coming up with a group that i am i'm on the board for a, a group called palmetto family okay. in columbia awesome. and we're having a, an event later this month with uh, and mike pence is going to be speaking oh wow at the event maybe we could get you to come yeah, that'd know, be lovely. To, to, to make an appearance at that event. Yes. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll mention that. That would be great. Thank and, you. And what is the second, uh, when does the second song drop, Relationships? Uh, it should be dropping in two to three days. So. Okay. And folks can find this music through your Instagram channel. Okay. Yes, and on YouTube. And on YouTube. Yes. Very good. I'm betting it's a Tuesday that is dropping. <laughs> Drops on Tuesday. All new music mm. drops on Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. New record, new record Tuesday. Well, Savannah, anything else you want to share with us before we let you go? I just want everyone to know that if you're conservative, be outspoken about it. Don't back, don't back down to these people because in the end, they're they're weak. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as long they're as bullies. you can, yeah, they are. They're bullies. They and want you to feel like you have to think a certain way. Yeah. Don't yeah. let them bully bully you into thinking what you believe in, you know, is wrong. Yeah. Amen to that, folks. It is Savannah Craven here with us on Saturday Morning Coffee. Does mom want to say anything before mom goes? <laughs> Mom's being very quiet this morning. Yes. Um, well, that is just awesome. Let me just share this with you. You are awesome. Thank yeah. you and so much. You are going places, and I am so excited to meet you. And you are exactly what this country needs. We need to figure out how to mint about 100 million more. <laughs> I now. appreciate that. Thank you so much. And so the more you can get out and talk to young people, the better. And if I can ever do anything to help you, if you want to get, ever get involved in any of the stuff that we're working on, just Absolutely. be in touch. You are awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. You are awesome. Folks, it is Savannah Craven here on Saturday Morning Coffee. And we'll be right back with more of the show right after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Savannah Craven. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Local news.
news, and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.34 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for sticking with us here on the show. Boy, I want to thank Savannah Craven for coming in. What an awesome presence. What a great guest she was. Yeah. Uh, You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, a local... Um, a state elected official uh, this week, and we were discussing some of the things going on in the world and how the world can be a struggle from time to time. It often is a struggle. Every day can be a struggle. And this individual, who I I have a lot of respect for on a lot of levels, uh, really, really do, and I, I believe he listens to the show, so I want him to know that. But he said to me, he said, you know, the Bible says we get 80 years, plus or minus, we get about 80 years, and um, he said, you know, there are plenty of times when I think I'm glad the number is 80 and not 160. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think we all feel that way from time to time when you're like, Lord, I, you know, I'm done. I'm done. I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. But I tell you, Glenn, when I'm around people like Savannah, I right. think, wow. I wish I had a few more years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, There's hope. There yeah. is hope yeah. for this world. There is hope for this world. And, uh, you know, it is amazing to meet folks like that who are uh, young and yet tuned in and get and get the deal with uh, with what's going on in the world around them. Because yeah. most of us spend decades trying to acquire that level of wisdom. So great to meet her. Hope you guys will follow her career and uh, and and hopefully uh, she will uh, be the subject of a lot of inspiration for many, many uh, other young folks uh, to come, and uh, I'm sure she will. So a lot going on uh, out there in the world in addition to all that. Uh, folks, we were talking um, earlier on the show about um, election integrity. wanted to give you one follow-up note. There are some developments uh, in South Carolina. It is uh, Again, we were talking how the folks in Pennsylvania reached a result that was pretty positive. The uh, Supreme Court in Wisconsin, uh, on the other hand, uh, punted the issue back to the counties 
Uh, so Wisconsin's still struggling to clean up its electoral rolls. Uh, our own Russell Fry, representative uh, close to us here in O'Ree County, sent out a note saying that uh, one of the things that he would point out is working to restore the integrity of our elections here in South Carolina, H3444 uh, passed, which tasked the uh, in State Election Commission with ensuring that there is uniformity uh, among election procedures across the state to guarantee free and fair elections in South Carolina. After the elections of 2020, it became clear that there were discrepancies in the way each county handled vote and vote counting, vote tallying. We learned that some uh, counties were employing inconsistent processes and practices. I, I being uh, Russell Fry in this communication, voted yes to the bill to ensure that a vote in Abbeville County is counted the same as a vote in Darlington or Greenville. That is Representative Fry's remarks on the uh, on the passage of that bill. And again, that's H3444. And I, I, there were certain things about that bill that I didn't actually care for in particular, but I think the bill as a whole was positive. And frankly, I think in South Carolina, we didn't really have too many difficulties with our election. I didn't see too much. Now, I will say this, you know, the there were various groups who sued to do away with the signature requirement on absentee ballots because that that was somehow a, some sort of Jim Crow relic uh, that needed to be jettisoned. People needed to be able to file absentee ballots without signing them. I mean, I'm sure you all understand how critical it is that you and I be able to cast a vote without putting our name on it. I mean, certainly you understand the wisdom there. So, but to uh, to the credit of the South Carolina Republican Party and, and Drew McKissick, they they took a very aggressive stance in responding to those uh, lawsuits. And in spite of the fact that we had some initial setbacks at the trial court level on the uh, on the initial uh, uh, phase of the matter, they prevailed and they got everything shut down. So, and I, I think our election uh, came off pretty much uh, without too much in the way of obvious discrepancies. There are still issues with election integrity that we need to continue to study and address. Even here in South Carolina, we've talked about on this show many times the question that many people still have about exactly how the machines connect to the Internet, what processes are open to the Internet, what processes are not open to the Internet. There are elected officials in this state who have different opinions on that, and we're going to have to continue uh, to investigate that and get to the bottom of it. And we are still investigating it here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Uh, I continue to dig into that and look at that. And we've got some folks at our office at Davis and Boyd who are also looking at that issue. So we're not without our uh, problems. We've got issues that we need to be cognizant of. And we always need to be vigilant on this issue. And it's going to be a constant struggle, folks. As I said before uh, the Savannah segment, we're going to have to continue to push back on these implemented reforms that were done in response to COVID-19 until we restore some sanity to our uh, voting processes. And if we don't, we're going to lose the republic. And uh, there have always been issues here and there uh, in voting. There have always been voting irregularities. The problem is the changes that were made, many of them made administratively, many of them made without full consideration or without the consent of the state legislatures, which should make those decisions. A lot of those changes that were implemented in response to 2020 and in response to COVID-19 created the the hot mess that was the November election. And we can't afford for 2022 to be a repeat of 2020. 
2022 and 2024 have to be about restoring sanity to our electoral process. And we can't let go of that. We can't get sleepy on it. We can't lay it down. We can't put it aside. We've got to continue to focus on that issue until we make sure that we've got our electoral uh, process in check. So um, more on that to come, I'm sure. Uh, wanted to also touch base with you guys on a couple of the other things that Representative Fry pointed out in the email. Uh, open carry with education passed the House. That's H3094. Allows firearms to be carried openly in South Carolina if the individual has undergone proper training and received certification. Uh, this is the most advanced gun legislation in South Carolina in over 25 years and pulls South Carolina in line with 45 other states. South Carolina actually had fairly restrict, restrictive laws, ironically, in that regard. So uh, that, uh, according to Representative Fry, is a step, huge step in the right direction here in South Carolina. Again, this uh, another release from Representative Fry. Finally, the House passed um, uh, modifying emergency procedures, H3443, which provides a check to the governor's powers when modifying and or extending a state of emergency. While the power was previously in the hands of the governor, now the power to extend, modify, or discontinue the order falls into the hands of the legislature. The Speaker of the House and the President of the Senate may call the legislature back to make these crucial decisions. And that, to me, it's a little bit contrary to some other things I've said on the show. I I generally take the position that in South Carolina we have a legislature that has too much power. But one of the things that happened during the COVID pandemic is uh, our governor, Henry McMaster, would declare a state of emergency. The statute says he can have a 15-day state of emergency at his discretion. What they would do is at the conclusion of the 15 days, they would simply renew the declaration of emergency, which means if you buy that theory that the governor can declare a state of emergency unilaterally in South Carolina indefinitely. Uh, There was a little bit of a contest. I think there was actually a resolution in the Senate or the House, perhaps both, that said, hey, governor, we don't think you have the authority to do this in a revolving door fashion again and again. Otherwise, why would why would the 15 day provision be in there? You know, why would the 15-day provision be in there if it didn't mean 15 days? And that argument makes a lot of sense, actually. So the provision now clarifies that the governor has got to go to the legislature at some point, actually after the first renewal at the 15-day mark, and get the legislature also to sign off on a state of emergency. Having said that, I still think we live in a state, we call it the legislative state, where the legislature has too much power, and we've got to continue to devolve that power over to the administrative branch of the uh, head of state, the governor, which I think is a much more accountable branch for many areas of state government than the legislature. But that's a whole other subject for a different day. Finally, in his uh, email this week, uh, Senator, uh, Senator, I gave you a promotion, Russell. Representative Fry reminds us about S-1. S-1 is the fetal heartbeat bill, which outlaws abortions, Once a heartbeat is detected, protecting precious life in South Carolina, once a fetal heartbeat is detected, which is usually around six to eight weeks. So he's reminding us that that also was passed this year and signed into law by the governor, where it was immediately the subject of a constitutional challenge, which uh, is now continuing in the courts. And the um, and the uh, uh, appeal to that is uh, coming up. So we'll see how the courts sort that out. But right now, that's the status of the fetal heartbeat bill in South Carolina. Folks, 
We're uh, coming up on a commercial break, so stick with us after these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here for a Real Estate Minute with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Team. And we've talked, Greg, on the show about how hot the real estate market is in South Carolina. Is the market still booming? It's not only booming, it still remains hot. Builders trying to catch up to all the demand. We've got only a two-month supply of inventory, so it's a red-hot seller's market for sure. So if folks are interested in selling, what can the Greg Sisson Team help them with? At the end of the day, it still matters on where you price your home from a listing side because if you overprice your property in this market and it sits for more than 30 days, people start wondering what's wrong. So it's still important to know the market and price it correctly. So the expertise matters. And how can folks get in touch with the Greg Sisson team? Directly on my cell at 843-251-2693 and gregsisson.com. If you are interested in selling in this market, give them a call. It's the Greg Sisson team, 843-251-2693 or schedule an appointment online at gregsisson.com. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk ninety four point five. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.46 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for hanging with us here on another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, almost in the history books. A lot of you checking in here this morning on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. James from Myrtle Beach checking in. Savannah is articulate and literally terrific. My compliments to the mom. I could not agree with you more. James, been a long time since I met somebody that I was more impressed by, just by her thought process for her age. Uh, just wow, what a what a what an amazing young woman she is. Will checking in down from uh, our friends at Coastal Sports in Merle's Inlet. Will asking that question, and he gives an answer. How is that for service, folks? Will says average handguns in stock over the last twenty-two years at any given time about three hundred. Uh, average ammo in stock any given time about a hundred thousand rounds currently he has no ammo and he's got eight handguns yep it's bad (laughs) so i was going to come do some shopping uh will today you saved me a trip but i'll still come by and say hello that's uh will down at coastal sports he's got eight guns so eight of you out there that you if you need to stock up 
drop by and and uh, and give a give a visit to Will down at Coastal Sports in Or Rosilla. four of you and get yeah, by four, two. Four of you get yeah, get a bogo. Two. Yeah, maybe he'll give you a bogo. If I you doubt mention, that very seriously. If you uh, mention Saturday morning coffee, that's a joke. Just yeah, kidding. Just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. kidding. Um, and. Uh, Let's see. What else have we got? Kenny, the equipment guy, checking in. And I mentioned that in Bobby the Vapor, reminding us that there are, are informing us that there is an accident, a bad accident, apparently, on 22 at the Intracoastal Waterway that is crowding lanes into Myrtle. All lanes look uh, blocked for the most part. So if you're on 22, that's the problem. And uh, Bob checking in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Good morning, Bob. Asking us about the right to fly the state flag, the South Carolina state flag here in South Carolina. That is another piece of legislation that we have uh, discussed here on the program before. And I'll be honest with you, Bob, I haven't checked on the status, the progress of that uh, bill lately. I'll check on that. I don't know off the top of my head where that stands. I have not heard about any activity on that uh, bill, so I would imagine what that means is that it is bogged down in com- in uh, committee somewhere. So, want to give uh, a little update on the on the party folks, the Republican Party being the only party I'm terribly concerned about. I keep my eye on the Democrats, but of course, there's a huge uh, discussion ongoing in the Republican Party about uh, the chairmanship of the state party. Liz had an interview on her show this week with interviews from both Lynn Wood, a candidate for chairmanship, and also Drew McKissick, another candidate for the chair. Drew is the incumbent. He's the uh, chair of the party. He's been the chair for two election uh, cycles. And uh, that interview was excellent. Liz did a great uh, job probing both of those guys for their uh, position on various things and what they uh, have to do. So I encourage you guys to check that out. A um, lot to say about this. There is uh, a, a group called, uh, you know, interestingly enough, in the interviews that were done about uh, the uh, process by which Lynn Wood became recruited to run for the chairmanship in the county, there was a discussion he indicated in a couple of interviews that I've heard, and he mentioned this to Liz, that uh, there was a group of folks who asked him to run. And, of course, the fact that Lynn is coming, Lynn Wood is a prominent, of course, those of you who don't know, prominent attorney from Atlanta or from the Georgia, uh, from Georgia, who's coming to South Carolina to, to, uh, to run in the capacity uh, as a, just a private citizen uh, to be the chair of the party. And... There's been much discussion uh, how that all came to pass. And, of course, the, the, the Republican Party is in the midst of a very uh, divisive, uh, ongoing, um, I won't call it a civil war, but there's a lot of heated discussion about how that process is working or not working and whether the, uh, whether the, uh, the party needs to continue with Drew. Uh, or to adopt Lynn as its new chairman. Um, I have some feelings on that. And in full disclosure, as you guys know, I am running uh, for chair of the O'Ree County Republican Party. Many folks came to me and said, uh, Reese, we would love for you to serve as chairman of the Republican Party in O'Ree County. Uh, They asked me that a couple of years ago, and I said, folks, frankly, I don't really know that I have time to do it, but I'll uh, I'll think about it. I, I declined. But frankly, I didn't realize what a hot mess uh, the Republican Party was going to become over the next two years. And they asked me again a few months ago to consider doing that. And I 
considered what the party has been through. And we really do need an active, viable, um, we need more than viable. We need a robust Republican Party here in Ory County. Ory County is one of the leading states in terms of delivering votes for Donald Trump. Uh, and that, to me, says that this is the county where we should have the most viable and active and successful Republican Party amongst all the states, uh, amongst all the counties in the state. And for the last two years, we have been grinding the gears in neutral. And that's putting it mildly. And I'm not uh, dismissing anybody or intending to insult anybody. Some people take me to task when I say this. But the Republican Party in Ory County for the last two years has been a hot mess. It's just the the facts of the game. And uh, it's uh, the the facts as I see them. So we are in the process of going through this uh, reorganization. And we're reorganizing at the county level. The the state uh, convention is coming up in May. The county convention will be coming up on April 24th. But the interesting thing is the race between Drew and uh, between Drew and Lynn is part of an effort to assert control over the party, and it's actually having implications at the county levels. And there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving pieces. To all this, but it's having implications here in Ory County. Just this week, I learned that there's a whole slate of delegates, which nobody had previously disclosed, that will be running uh, for office. And, you know, I don't really fully uh, get exactly all of the objections, but I will say this. Um, you know, I am, I try to be as open and fair with everybody uh, that I can be and as you can be in politics. And one of the things that I think we need is we need somebody in O'Ree County, in Republican politics in O'Ree County, who's going to be able to reach out and build bridges and get things done. And uh, that's what we need. We don't need to destroy the party. Uh, we don't need. And suddenly this week we learned that there was a slate of candidates that this same group that has come in and backing uh, Lynn Wood, this is a slate of candidates that this group is also pursuing here in O'Ree County. And among these candidates, uh, I don't think any of them, any of the three of them, have been to more than a one or two Republican Party meetings ever. So it's a very weird time in politics. It's a very weird time in O'Ree County Republican politics. I've been following politics and have been active in politics uh, for most of my life. And I've never seen anything quite like what we are experiencing uh, right now in uh, politics here in O'Ree County and across the state. But I encourage you guys to check out the interview between Lynn Wood and uh, Drew McKissick. Uh, it wasn't really a debate. It was an interview that that Liz did on her show. Uh, there's a link to it on her page, I believe. And if not, we'll put a link to it on the Saturday morning coffee page. But I will just leave you with this bit of uh, wisdom, if that's what you want to call it. If it's not wisdom in your book, that's fine, too. You're entitled to your opinion. But there are many ways to go about fixing something. And I think what we need to not do is not destroy the Republican Party in our effort to, quote, unquote, fix it. The Republican Party is the last bulwark protecting your freedom. Now, there may be some rhinos out there, but just because you've been a Republican for more than five hours— does not make you a rhino. I've been 
committed to conservative principles my entire life. I am not a rhino by any definition, reasonable or otherwise. And so we've got to be careful as we step through this process, and we will get through it. We've had these kinds of fights within the party before that we don't destroy the Republican Party because the last bulwark of freedom in this country standing against the likes of Nancy Pelosi and Pelosi and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden is the Republican Party. So in the process of fixing it, let's not destroy it. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on, all in your, on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.